latest college football rankings, a wild week nine in the NFL, and a sit down with the Sideline Network's own Dan Coleman. The Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Valley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Sideline Network. As always, I'm your host, Chris Valley. Hope you all are doing well and staying safe. The latest college football rankings have been released, and not surprising, I don't think, given what happened over the weekend, Michigan State getting blown out by Purdue. I'm a little shocked that they're actually now ranked behind Michigan, even though Michigan lost to them last week, if you all remember that one. Uh, so here we go. Uh, let's break it down. So at number one remains Georgia. They're 9-0. Two remains Alabama, 8-1, and one, even though they struggled against LSU. Three is Oregon. They had the biggest jump, and I think that this is really good for the Pac-12, the fact that Oregon jumped up a spot, didn't remain at four. They moved them up to three. So again, if Oregon wins out, Oregon's going to be into the playoffs. And at number four is Ohio State. This, I think, was inevitable. The fact that the committee clearly loves the Big Ten and the SEC. Ohio State sits at eight and one at four. At five is Cincinnati at nine and zero. Six is Michigan at eight and one, and seven is Michigan State also at eight and one. So again, this I'm I'm a little surprised that Michigan is ahead of Michigan State again, given the fact that Michigan State beat Michigan now two weeks ago. I'm not too sure where the committee is going with this. What this does tell me, though, is that the committee is determined to have a Big Ten team in the national playoff conversation. So all things created equal. Michigan still has a shot, believe it or not, to make it to the playoffs, which I can't believe. If Michigan wins out, means that they have to beat Ohio State and they have to win the Big Ten championship. If they win out, Michigan could be in the college football playoff. Actually, they will be in the college football playoff. Whoever wins between Ohio State and Michigan very likely is going to be the representative or Michigan State even. Whichever team doesn't get two losses is going to be the Big Ten representative in the college football playoff. Because the committee has already said, hey, look, we want a Big Ten. Just given these rankings, they want a Big Ten per, uh, Big Ten team in there. The fact that Cincinnati is still undefeated at 9-0. and Look, Cincinnati needs a lot of help. They have a they have a chance, but they need a lot of help. A lot of things need to happen. Oregon needs to lose. Ohio State needs to lose. Michigan needs to lose again, and Michigan State also needs to lose again in order for Cincinnati to somehow find their way in. So Cincinnati has to win out. If they lose a game, they're dead. They're dead and buried. They have no shot of making it into the playoff. Georgia, if Georgia wins out, obviously Georgia's in. If Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, I still believe Georgia's in. I think Georgia and Alabama, if both of them win out until the SEC championship, they're going to get in. Uh, Oregon's the same thing, though. If Oregon loses any single game, they're out. They're done. So it it really is going to come down to who doesn't lose two games between Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Cincinnati. Here's the other thing, and this is the other thing that I'm not even considering because I just think Alabama's going to beat Georgia in the SEC title game. If Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC title game. Alabama's out. Cincinnati's going to be in at that point. At that point, the committee won't have a choice. If Cincinnati goes undefeated and Alabama gets two losses on their resume, what will end up happening is, and if so if, if the other three teams remain, so Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State wins out, Oregon wins out, and Georgia wins out. Alabama will get knocked down. Very likely, Oregon will get moved up to two. Ohio State would move to third, and then Cincinnati would be your fourth playoff team. And then Cincinnati would get blown out by Georgia in the first round of the playoff. That's what it looks like right now. So the committee is pretty much 
all but telling you we want a Big Ten represent, representative, regardless of, of whether or not they deserve to be in there. We're going to put one in anyway because we're biased. The SEC is going to get a minimum of one team, very likely two teams, as long as Georgia wins out to the SEC title game and Alabama wins outright from here on out. We're going to put both of them in the playoff. And the only way Cincinnati is going to get in, obviously, is if one of those other one of those four teams falter. Except I take that back. One of the three out of the four teams falter because Georgia, Georgia to me, unless Georgia loses prior to the SEC title game, Georgia is all but in. They, I mean, they've blown out every single team they've played. Georgia, uh, week one aside, which was a close game against Clemson, take that game out. The remainder of their schedule, if you look at them, they have just blown every single team they've played off the map. I mean, Georgia is clearly has clearly been the best team in college football all season long. So looking ahead, there really aren't too many exciting games this week. It's the next the next two weeks where we start getting the the bigger games. Like in the ne- within the next two weeks, Alabama is going to play Auburn, Michigan is going to play Ohio State, Michigan State is going to play Ohio State. So we're really going to get a better picture of where everybody stands. The closer we get to the end of the season, the more interconference games we get, and it's just it's going to be an exciting finish to, to a what has been a really topsy turvy, but but exciting college football season. So week nine in the NFL, holy crap, what a weird week. This, I can't tell if this week actually taught us something about teams or if we're going to look back on it in a few weeks and just be like, oh, or whatever. Week nine was a complete and utter anomaly. It didn't really mean anything in the scope of the season. I, I Some of these games were just gross. If you're a betting person and you bet the upsets, you made a lot of money this week because there were a lot of teams that that won football games that that really shouldn't have. So let's uh, let's kick it off with I with what I think was arguably the most hyped up football game or the second most hyped up football game. I think the most hyped up football game was the Chiefs Packers, but uh, given all the the drama surrounding it, but I think the second most was the Browns and the Bengals because this was the Odell Beckham Jr. less Browns game, and we were going to see what the Browns could do without Odell. And once again, the Browns proved that they don't need Odell Beckham Jr. as they topped the Bengals 41 to 16. Mayfield had 218 yards, two touchdowns passing. Joe Burrow was 282 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. The Bengals have cratered, absolutely cratered since their massive win against the Ravens. Remember, this was a team that was first overall in the playoff standings for the AFC two weeks ago, and they're now fourth in their division. I, you know, that this team has just completely fallen apart over the past couple of weeks. I, I don't know what I can't make heads or tails out of it. It's almost as if the Bengals are just going or reverting right back to being the the old Cincinnati Bengals, a team that you can never really count on to do anything. They may have some peaks, but there's going to be a lot of valleys afterwards. Then we look at the Browns. The Browns needed to win this football game, not because of the Odell Beckham drama, just because the Browns desperately needed to win this football game. They'd been reeling for the past few weeks. Baker Mayfield played really well in this game. I think this team proved who the real leader of the football team was, meaning that they rallied around their leader in, in Mayfield. It wasn't Odell. Regardless of what the media tries to tell you, regardless of what Odell Beckham Jr.'s father tries to tell you through social media posts, or even Odell, this team proved that Baker Mayfield's their leader, that they love him, that they want him to stay, and that he's their captain. They rallied in this game. You know, there's there's a lot of times where you'll watch a team and, you know, they, they'll, they may win the football game, but it, it, it's kind of like a ho-hum performance. It really doesn't mean anything. This game, I think, meant a lot to the Browns and a lot to Mayfield, and they proved that. Sidebar on the Odell Beckham thing, 
I said it before and I'll say it again. The dude sucks, man. He's a cancer. He's a cancerous player. He's not worth it. The fact that no one claimed him on waivers should tell you everything. No one wants to pay him. That's that's why no one claimed him on waivers, by the way. He's now he's now an unrestricted free agent. He'll go to a team. He won't do anything on that team. He'll bitch and moan because he's not getting enough passes. And that'll be the end of it. When you really dig into Odell Beckham Jr.'s numbers, for all the hype that this guy gets, aside from making that spectacular catch against the Giants on Sunday Night Football, whatever that was, five or six years ago, what has the guy actually done? He's had one playoff appearance where he was anemic in that performance. If you remember, that was the the game where, or the the weekend prior to the game, or the week leading up to the game, he was on a he was on a, a yacht hanging out with his with his buddies and not getting ready for the game. And then he didn't show up against the Packers. And then he blamed Eli Manning for the loss afterwards. He was complaining that Eli wasn't getting him the ball enough. Well. Odell dropped, if you all remember, he dropped like five passes, four or five passes in that game. Odell Beckham Jr. has been completely overhyped his entire career. He's not a top, he's never been a top receiver in this league. You know, fantasy, fantasy points are one thing. Like you can, you can claim that a receiver is a top receiver because of what they do in fantasy, but that doesn't actually make them a top receiver. Just because they're a great fantasy point stat getter doesn't make you a top receiver. It just means that you're, you, you get a lot of catches. Like, for instance, Adam Thielen is a top fantasy performer. Adam Thielen is not in the in the conversation of top five wide receivers in, in the game. You know, so I mean, it's just Odell, I think, in this fantasy football Madden type of world that we live in, he, he's gotten so much pub and so much hype. And I think that the guys, A, never lived up to it and B, never will. All right, moving on. The Titans. My God, are the Titans good. They trounced the Rams 28-16. to I haven't been more wrong about a team this season than the Tennessee Titans. Tannehill had 143 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Stafford, 294 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. The Titans were never not in control of this football game. They are the number one overall seed in the AFC if the season ended today. Their defense is starting to come on strong, which is scary. And again, I've never been more wrong, I don't think, about a team than I have been about Tennessee. Now, I have been anti-Tennessee. I think this is my third year in a row where I said I don't buy into them. I don't buy into them. They're not going to make the playoffs. And for the third year in a row, I'm getting proven wrong. Now, some of it could be my Colts bias because we're in the same division, so I'm obviously going to favor my Colts over the Titans. But you can't you can't argue who they've beaten this season. They've beaten the Bills, they've beaten the Chiefs, now they've beaten the Rams, all playoff teams. They're undefeated against the playoff teams that they've faced off against this year that were playoff teams last year. This, I mean, this team is is pretty damn awesome. And it's just, it, it goes to show you that they can find ways to win without Henry. Now, do I think long-term the Titans are a Super Bowl threat? No, I don't. I, 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 and that's not me continuing to hate on the Titans. I am acknowledging the fact that the Titans are a playoff team. But do I think that they're the best team in the AFC? No, I don't. Do I think that the Titans will go far in the playoffs? I honestly don't. It kind of depends on who they match up with. But I don't think they're better than the Ravens. I still don't. I know they beat the Bills, but I don't think they're better than the Bills. And I know the Bills had a horrific loss this week. We'll touch on them later. But I, you know, do I think there there may be the top three, a top three, top four seed in, in the AFC as far as teams go? Sure. But I still don't think they're the best team in the AFC. The Rams, my Rams, my NFC favorites looked 
horrific in prime time. Stafford, who was my MVP favorite last week, if you remember, I gave my rankings. He was dreadful in this football game. I'm a little nervous with my pick of the Rams making the Super Bowl after this type of showing against a, a true playoff contender. Like this was this was a pretty bad performance for a team that was beating the snot out of all the crappy teams in the league, which is what you're supposed to do if you're a good football team. You are you can't help your schedule and you should beat up on the bad teams, but you also need to show up against the good teams. You know, like if this game was like a 28-27 game, the Titans won with like a field goal or something at the end of a game, that shit happens. I, I would just kind of sit back and go, well, that's a tough loss for the Rams, but at least they showed up. They didn't show up in this football game. And that's concerning. It really is concerning. In a in a competitive division, in a division where they're behind the Cardinals, and in a conference where you could argue that the Packers are the better football team, as well as the Cardinals. It's, again, it's a little concerning for me who who believes in the Rams and believe that the Rams should go to the Super Bowl. That's kind of tough. Now, I still think they're better than the Bucks, but aside from that, it's it's going to be tough sledding for the Rams moving forward. I, I'm and I'm not you know sky is falling chicken little here. I'm just saying, do, am I concerned that the Rams will make the playoffs? No, I'm not concerned that the Rams will make the playoffs. But if you look at the Rams' schedule overall, it's been a pretty favorable schedule for them. So they really need to step it up against against tougher opponents in order for me to remain confident that they'll make it to the Super Bowl. Broncos throttled the Cowboys in Dallas 30-16. to 16. Now we're going to do a deep dive into the Cowboys in the next segment with Dan Coleman, who is true and blue diehard Cowboys fan. But I just want to touch on this game very quickly. So Prescott, 232 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Bridgewater, 249 yards and one touchdown. This game was never in doubt from the jump. The Broncos owned every aspect of this football game. The Broncos were up at one point 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. 30 to nothing against a top three offense in the league. And this is the Broncos defense without Von Miller. This was insane. That defense was incredible. And they smothered the Cowboys from the beginning. Dak looked like crap all game long. I know he didn't play last week, but Cooper Rush looked like the better option for Dallas on Sunday than Dak. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic here, but he looked that bad. I mean, at one point, Dak going into the fourth quarter had completed 30% of his passes. I mean, it was a, just a horrific showing for the Cowboys. Neither Elliott or Pollard could get anything going on the ground. And look, we're going to talk a lot more about this game in the next segment, but you cannot overstate how poor Dallas looked in this football game. Like for everybody who was hyping up Dallas, after last week's game, how they won the game with with Rush at quarterback and the fact that they beat the Vikings in prime time. Like it was everyone was on the Cowboys bandwagon, being like, oh my God, look how great this team was. And you should have been. If you were if you jumped on the Cowboys bandwagon after last week's performance against the Vikings, you had every right to do so because again, they beat a solid Vikings team. And I know the Vikings suck and they're just they they can't they can't stop tripping over themselves. But they are a talented football team. The fact that they were able to do that with their backup, I I completely respect the fact that you would have thought, hey, you know, like this Cowboys team could could end up in the Super Bowl. Just look at how they performed with, with their backup to then lay a massive like to me, this was the worst loss of the week. I know the Bills lost to the Jaguars again. We're gonna touch on that in a second. But as far as performance goes, the Bills lost a nine to six or yeah, nine to six ball game in Jacksonville. They had an off week. They laid an egg. It happens. The Cowboys got 
slaughtered in this game. Thirty to the, the game wasn't actually thirty to sixteen. It was thirty to nothing midway through the fourth quarter. Those sixteen points, those are garbage points. Dak Prescott padded his stats at the end of the football game because the the Broncos stopped playing defense. It, this this game was about as embarrassing of a performance of a top football team I have seen in a very very long time. All right. So other news and notes around the league. Daniel Jones and his Giants upset the Las Vegas Raiders, 23 to 16. Jones was 15 and 20 for 110 yards and one touchdown. Derek Carr had 296 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Massive game for the for the Raiders next week against the Chiefs. Huge game. Division implicate division leading implications involved here. So the Raiders have got a lot going on. Obviously off the field, they've got to figure shit out on the field too. The loss of Rugs I think is pretty impactful. That could be a destination where OBJ ends up. Wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders make a move for him. He's very much the type of personality that that would be attractive to the Raiders. The Raiders like malcontents. They like people who whine and complain a lot. That's just been the Raiders' way. Talking about the Giants real quick though. Daniel Jones once again proved that he is a starting quarterback in the league. I'm going to be harping on the Daniel Jones thing every single week. So just gear up for that. I am the biggest Daniel Jones fan that is not a Giants fan, mainly because Giants fans don't support Daniel Jones for whatever reason, even though every single week Jones continues to perform and continues to prove. Yes, I know he fumbled the football and he had a single, a single turnover. Oh my God, the end of the world. Daniel Jones turned the ball over once in this football game. They still won the game. How many times has Pat Mahomes turned the turn, uh, turned the ball over this year? Yeah, that's right. He he leads the league in turnovers. So for all those people who want to keep harping on the Daniel Jones thing, you just look foolish at this point. Jones continues to prove that he should be the starting and franchise quarterback for the for the Giants for at least the near future. Jaguars embarrassed the Bills 9-6. Here we go. Josh Allen took himself out of MVP contention, excuse me, MVP contention with this anemic performance. I mean, he was pathetic in this game. Absolutely dreadful. And I I love Josh Allen. I figured he was going to be top two, top three preseason for MVP. He's done. He's out of it. I think your your MV as as I gave my MVP list last week. After this week's performance, I think that that list has shrunk quite significantly to maybe two to three people. I think you have Kyler Murray, you have Tom Brady, and I think Lamar Jackson has now catapulted himself up after that comeback. Uh, win, which he has now three. Lamar Jackson has three comeback wins of 10, 10 or more points. Prior to the season, he was something like 0-6 or 0-5 in those type of performances. So I think Lamar Jackson, who was in my honorable mentions, completely catapults up to the top three list. All those other quarterbacks that I brought up, Stafford, who had a pathetic week, um, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers, who didn't play, because of the whole COVID thing, I think kind of get, gets knocked back. Now, I would argue that given how Love looked against the Chiefs, Rodgers, actually, no, we'll get on that in a second. So anyway, I still like the Bills, but this is definitely a step back uh, for the preseason Super Bowl favorite or for a lot of people as a preseason Super Bowl favorite. The other thing that the Bills have to be careful of here, the Patriots are only a game behind them in the for the uh, AFC East. I'm not saying the Patriots are going to pass the Bills. I'm not saying the Patriots are better than the Bills. I am just saying that what was supposed to be a runaway division for the Bills, they're now only a game up on the Patriots. 
who the Patriots, by the way, speaking of, thumped the Panthers 24-6. Mac Jones, 139 yards, one touchdown, one pick. The Patriots' defense forced three turnovers. All of those were interceptions by Sam Darnold. The Patriots still own Sam Darnold. I think that's also a story. <laughs> Sam Darnold cannot, like, he, for whatever reasons, the, the horrors that he suffered in New York seem to be coming back and haunting him. He played just absolutely atrocious at MetLife's netlife stadium last week and then this week he plays an old foe in, the, in new england and it was like the, the the demons of new york just came out and were continuously haunting him sam darnold is not the guy i said it last week i was wrong about sam darnold he continues to prove that he's not the guy but this game is more about the patriots than it is about the panthers the patriots defense is starting to come on strong and the patriots look really formidable I think, and I, I said it on Richo and Lala a couple of weeks ago, that I wasn't I wasn't jumping off the, the Patriots bandwagon. I still believe that they were going to be a playoff team. And I think they are. Whether they're the fifth seed, the sixth seed, the seventh seed, it doesn't matter. They're gonna get they're gonna make it into the playoffs, and no team is gonna want to face them in the postseason. I don't care if the Patriots have to go on the road the entire time. You do not want to see New England in the postseason because it's New England. The Chargers sweep by the Eagles 27 to 24. Justin Herbert, 356 yards. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Excuse me, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, one rushing touchdown. So we had a total of three touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 162 yards and a touchdown. Chargers should have beat the Eagles by more. If the Chargers are going to be a true playoff contender, they need to beat up on teams like the Eagles. Now, I picked the Chargers to win the game, but they should not have squeaked by by three points. This should not have been an end-of-the-game field goal type of, type of performance for the Chargers. These are the type of teams that the Chargers need to beat up on if they want to be taken seriously again as a playoff contender i obviously am rooting for that because again my justin herbert love but herbert played great it wasn't i'm not saying that herbert didn't play well in this game i am saying though that the chargers as a team they need they still have some shit they need to clean up jalen hurts is not starting quarterback in this in this league i i've i've been saying this week in and week out the guy completed 17 passes you like you cannot convince me that you're a true blue starting quarterback in this league or you're a real are supposed to be taken seriously as a starting quarterback in this league if week after week after week you're only completing 17 to 18 to 19 passes that i'm sorry you're not going to win that way and 162 yards in a, in a game come on man like the, the in in a lot of this i think is more about the coaching in, in some instances than it is just on jalen hurts but the eagles don't have a real quarterback and until they finally get a real quarterback you cannot take the eagles seriously and then finally, I want to bring up the the Chiefs and the Chiefs and Packers game. Actually, no. Before I do that, I I want to bring up what the Arizona Cardinals did very very quickly. So the Cardinals beat the 49ers thirty one to seventeen. Take the stats out of it. The Arizona Cardinals beat the 49ers, drubbed the 49ers thirty one to seventeen without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins. They lost Edmonds, and without JJ Watt, and they still beat up on the 49ers in San Francisco. Cliff Kingsbury is your coach of the year. It's done. Cliff Kingsbury has proven, has proved all the doubters wrong. All you people out there who still tell me Cliff Kingsbury can't coach, it's all Kyler Murray. Well, how do you expect the fact that the Cardinals beat up on a 49ers team? Beat up. It wasn't even like it was a closed game. With four starters out, at least four starters out, I actually think they had five starters out, and with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. I, your, your arguments are invalid at this point. You have no argument against against Cliff Kingsbury being 
a good coach in the NFL. For all the doubters, for all the haters, Cliff Kingsbury is your coach of the year. Now I will talk about the Packers game very quickly. To me, this game was the biggest win of Aaron Rodgers' career because it solidified the fact that the Packers can't win without Aaron Rodgers. So the Chiefs won 13-7. The Chiefs' offense continued to look pathetic. Pat Mahomes was not great in this football game. He didn't turn the ball over, so congratulations to Pat Mahomes. First game in, in about six weeks where he didn't turn the ball over. He was 20-37 for 166 yards and a touchdown. Mahomes looked like crap in this game. Even Troy Aikman was calling him out throughout the game, talking about what the hell are you doing? He's, he was doing his Brett Favre impression once again, trying to bomb the ball to Tyreek Hill, overthrowing the shit out of him. Like we're talking, we're not just talking overthrow by like a yard or two where he it was just somewhat out of reach. We're talking five, six, seven yards. He's overthrowing Tyree Kill. Meanwhile, Watkins or Kelsey is streaking across the middle. And that's exactly what Aikman's saying is what are you doing? You have all of these other check down plays rather than just taking the check down and getting the first down. You're much more interested in doing the home run ball, the show off. Ooh, I'm going to be on sports center top, top 10 play type of ball. And that type of arrogance and that type of just sloppy football is going to cost the Chiefs. Congratulations, you beat up on the Packers with Jordan Love at their quarterback position. If Aaron Rodgers was playing this game, the Packers would have won by easily two touchdowns. Easily two touchdowns. Jordan Love was absolutely abysmal. And this game, the reason why this game was the biggest win of Aaron Rodgers' career is because it solidified the fact that the Green Bay Packers need Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers needs the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers was probably sitting there laughing his ass off watching the game, going, really? You guys want to get rid of me for this dude? You guys drafted this dude. Instead of drafting me a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back, something to help me win football games offensively, you took this loser in the first round. Congratulations, guys. Good for you. You have now pretty much set yourselves up for failure once I walk out the door at the end of this season. For anyone who is an Aaron Rodgers supporter like myself, this was just, it was vindication of, I have been on this podcast week after week after week after week. I've been on Richo and Lala getting yelled at, and I kept saying the same thing over and over again. The Packers fucked up by drafting this dude in the first round because he's not a competent starting quarterback in the NFL, and he proved it. I know it's his first start, and I get that. I get it's his first start, but I have seen better first starts. Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Jordan Love. I don't know how how it's to, to get people to understand where I'm coming from, and you all know how I feel about Justin Fields. The Packers would have, would have won the football game or had a better chance of winning the football game with Justin Fields at quarterback. That's how bad Jordan Love was. The guy could not figure out how to play against the blitz to save his life, especially on third down. Every third down, Spagnola was blitzing the snot out of him. And you would have thought after the second or third or fourth third down, Love would have figured out, okay, it's third down, it's third and long, they're going to blitz. Maybe I have to call an audible here. Maybe the, or I have to find a way to get the ball out of my hand fast do a fucking screen pass i don't care i don't care what you do you had to do something and he couldn't figure it out he couldn't do it he was either getting sacked or he was throwing the ball away and that interception he threw was terrible it was a terrible pass jordan love just sucks man it just there, there's no other way to put it he sucks he's not gonna be a good quarterback and 
this to me is complete and utter vindication for Aaron Rodgers, or at least it's vindication in the sense that Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers go as long as Aaron Rodgers is on that football team. So, I mean, look, you can hate Aaron Rodgers because of the vaccine thing. You can hate Aaron Rodgers because of his antics off the field, and I'm not a fan of them either. I've admitted that. But you can no longer argue now that Aaron Rodgers is not the most important piece of the Green Bay Packers. My picks last week were about as bad as some of the performances by top teams last week. I was 0-4. I'm sorry if you bet on any of the games that I told you to bet on. I owe you money now because I, I, I was just awful. 0-4 is, is just terrible at this point in the season. I'm 16-20 overall. I'm hoping I can turn it around here. So my four games for you, Browns at Patriots, Falcons at Cowboys, Vikings at Chargers, and Lions at Steelers. The Patriots right now are a one-point favorite at home against the Browns. Take the Patriots. I think the Patriots are the better team. They have the better quarterback. Yes, Mac Jones is better than Baker Mayfield. They have the better head coach. Duh. And I think they have the better overall defense. I think the Patriots defense right now is playing better than the Browns defense. So I, I just think the Patriots overall are the better football team. Take the Patriots at home. Falcons at Cowboys. The Falcons are a fringe playoff team that no one's talking about. I, I completely jumped off their bandwagon weeks ago. They're four and four. They're the eighth seed right now in in the, the wild card hunt. So they're a game out of the wild card. They're sitting right behind the Saints, who are the seventh seed. I like the Falcons here against the Cowboys. It's an eight they're an eight and a half point dog at Dallas after what we saw against the Broncos last week. How the hell how the hell can you believe that the Cowboys are going to just blow out the Falcons? Because I don't. I, I think this is the time these are the type of games where the Falcons show up when no one expects them to. Matt Ryan is starting to come on. They're playing better without Calvin Ridley, which is kind of interesting. But I just, I don't buy the Cowboys right now. I have no faith in them blowing out any team after just an absolutely pathetic showing at home, again, against the Denver Broncos, which is not a good football team. So I would take the Falcons plus eight and a half. Vikings at the Chargers. Chargers two and a half point favor. Take the Chargers. I mean, just take the Chargers. The Vikings suck. So Mike Zimmer should be fired. The Vikings can't hold on to a lead to save their lives. Look at what they did against Baltimore. Look at the fact that they lost to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Take the Chargers all day. And then we have the Lions at the Steelers. The Lions are an eight and a half point dog at Pittsburgh. Take the Lions, man. Eight and a half points is a lot of points. The Steelers aren't going to blow out anybody. They just struggled against the Bears. I'm not saying the Lions will win the football game, but they're going to keep it close. And the Steelers, don't they don't have a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. You have no reason having an eight and a half point spread at home you don't have a quarterback you have a great running back you have a tremendous receiving core but your quarterback can't get get your receivers or the running back a ball so it's kind of hard for me to buy into the Steelers the Steelers are a playoff team right now which is insane to think about but who the hell honestly takes them seriously they have a great defense they have a tremendous head coach they have a lot of great skill players but they don't have a quarterback so it's very difficult for me to buy into Pittsburgh being able to blow anybody out so that's why I think you got to take the Lions plus eight and a half so to recap real quick Patriots minus one, Falcons plus eight and a half, Chargers minus two and a half, and the Lions plus eight and a half. And those are my picks for NFL Week 10. All right, everybody. So this week I am joined by the Sideline Network's own Daniel Coleman, who hosts the Drinks with Dan podcast and our resident cowboy fanatic. First off, thanks for coming on. And secondly, how are you doing? Thanks, buddy. Um, you know, my butt's a little sore from this week from getting my ass kicked all week long, especially on Sunday, um, having traveled to and from the game 
to go watch the Cowboys not show up when I did. I was a little disappointed to say the least. However, I am doing very well now that I've gotten the fuck over it. So first off, how was the trip? Did you enjoy yourself aside from the game? I love Dallas, man. I love Texas. I mean, I, I can't say I love Texas. I've never been to all of Texas. However, I love Dallas, Fort Worth area. Um, you know, it's, it's the one thing I look forward to every year going down there, seeing my boys play or in this case, not play. Um, and just enjoy the weekend, have great food. Um, everybody there is super nice, super friendly. I've been doing this for the past few years. And um, like I said, it just brings a, a real big joy that, you know, it's the best time of the year to go down there and see some football, eat some good food and uh, just get away from, you know, take a weekend away. Two questions. How is the weather and how's the tailgating down there? So the weather, when I first got there, it was like um, in the 50s. So it was a little on the chilly side. Um, but by Saturday and Sunday, I was wearing shorts and T-shirt. It was up to like 75 and beautiful. I mean, literally not a cloud in the sky for game day on Sunday. They didn't have the roof open that day, but they had the side doors open. So like these giant, giant doors had they had open. So it was half open. Um, so they had fresh air going in there. Um, in, yeah, it was, it was a real, real good time down there. Uh, had some real good food, the tailgating. Um, I didn't do too much tailgating this year because this year at the stadium, they opened up what's called the Miller light, um, area. I'm not really sure exactly. It's Miller light something. Um, and outside the stadium, they put, uh, I think it's an 80 yard field. And then outside of it, they had like $5, um, Miller lights. They had a live band playing. They had all sorts of giveaways. So I spent some time out there checking that out because it's brand new this year. Um, so I didn't do too much tailgating. Um, and it, I also didn't do much tailgating because it was a 12 o'clock game there. And, um, you know, I have never been to an early game like that before there. I've always been to four or eight o'clock games um, at AT&T Stadium. So that was the first uh early game I've been to there. And it's not the greatest for tailgating because they don't open the parking lots till eight. Um, I knew I wasn't going to go tailgating. So I got there at nine for when the uh, Miller light area opened. Um, by the time I walked from where the Uber dropped me off to there, it was probably like nine 30. Uh, and then I just, uh, went to there uh, and then hung out around the stadium until the game day game, game time. Nice. So, uh, we got to talk about the game real quick. Um, I brought it yep. up on, earlier in, in this episode, but I got to get you, I got to get your opinion on it. So I can't wait to yell and scream. Let's hear it. Well, no, I just, I just got to know, I got to know how you, how you feel about the performance. Are you concerned about what you saw? Are you not concerned? Is it kind of just ho-hum, whatever, like no big deal? Like what, what are your, what are your takeaways from the game? Um, I hope it was a wake up call that they can't expect to be good without actually trying. Um, they're not good enough where they can take a week off or, you know, they, I guess they had a week between the buy where Dak had basically three weeks off to come into to not show up. I mean, that was by far his worst game I've ever seen him play. Um, the whole team was off. There was just no connection except for Micah Parsons. That guy's the only guy on that team to actually show up that day. He was getting sacks left and right, except we couldn't do anything about stopping the run uh, against Denver. It was really sad. I think that the Cowboys went into it looking like, oh, it's an easy game. It's the Broncos. They suck. And they were just taking like an off week. Meanwhile, Denver did not. And it clearly showed who did the homework and who didn't. So it was a little disappointing to see that. Um, I'm not so worried about the future. I think, like I said, this is a wake up call and we get to see them say like, all right, remember that game? We're never going to let that happen again. I mean, and, and here's the real question. Is there a quarterback controversy now? I mean, is Cooper Rush secretly the guy? <laughs> oh man, dude. Um, no, no, he is not. I, I can't believe we, we squeezed a win against, uh, 
the Vikings with Cooper Rush. I mean, I don't know why the Cowboys didn't sign Cam Newton for like a one million one year contract just to have somebody that has some sort of idea as to what's going on behind the game. I mean, I'm pumped that Cooper Rush won, but that was a messy, messy game that we should not have. We had no business winning that game. And we did. Um, I've been talking about this forever. I don't know how Cooper Rush has a job. I, I don't see I don't know what he's seeing that um, that, that the Cowboys see, um, you know, and I would I, well, if I were the Cowboys, I'd even bring back Andy Dalton. I mean, he did OK for what we needed him for when Dak got hurt and he's not doing anything right now up in uh, in Cincinnati. So bring back bring back Dalton, bring back Cam Newton, bring somebody. So we have somebody that has some talent back there and not just some basic rookie who's played now one game in his career with, I guess, a win. But. Just I don't I don't see Cooper Rush. There is no controversy there. Dax the quarterback. It's not Cooper. Yeah, I was completely screwing with you, but it, that was really fun though that you you defended your boy in, in such such high fashion there uh, by trashing Cooper Rush as hard as you could, which is totally fine. I had like Cooper Rush. I don't I, I don't get it either. To be honest with you, I don't understand. It was the same thing when I watched uh, who the hell was it? Uh, the Saints that Trevor Simeon's their backup. I'm like, how the hell does Sean Payton not have a better backup than Trevor Simeon? Of, of all the coaches to not have a better backup quarterback, Sean Payton should have somebody who's a little bit better than Trevor Simeon back there. But I get it. I mean, I would be, uh, I, I think the, uh, honestly, after last week, the best backup quarterback in the league is Colt McCoy. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, that's, that's apparently the guy you want. Uh, so I've got some, just straight up Cowboys questions for you. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy, but just try to get a feel for you. So I know you've obviously been to the new Cowboy Stadium. Have you right. ever been to the old Cowboy Stadium? No, I didn't start going there until um, probably 2012. And the Cowboy Stadium was built in 2009. So I never got to see the old Texas Stadium. No. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to follow up with, you know, like, what's the difference between the two and all that kind of stuff, but okay. Sorry then. to end that parade real quick. No, that's no. okay. Now did the old Cowboy stadium, is that what the practice stadium is now? Is that how that works? No, no. So I actually, for the first time ever this year, I went to the Cowboys practice stadium and it's about an hour, maybe 55 minutes from stadium to stadium, from the practice stadium to the new, to where they played. Oh, wow. Um, so okay. It's, it's a city called Frisco, which is North uh, East of, where Arlington is, where the Texas, uh, the Cowboy Stadium is. So they bought, they built this entire stadium. It's actually pretty cool because the local high schools there play Friday night footballs on the Cowboys practice stadium. It's a 10,000 seat arena um, around this whole football field. Outside of it, there's two practice fields where one of them is where Jerry Jones lands his helicopter. Um, And then there's um, all sorts of little shops in there. That's where their gym is. They have all they they really built up around there. It's really really cool. We went to a, a farmers market right there that the Cowboys put on the day we went there. Um, unfortunately, with COVID, they have it closed down for tours, but you could usually tour the stadium, and that's where they keep all the Lombardi trophies. They have all sorts of memorabilia in there. Um, it, it's a really cool thing. I just wish I could have gone inside it to see it this year, but of course, with COVID, they don't want us dirty nasty folk in there with our with our covid you know and where the players actually practice so um so it is it i can't tell you how gorgeous that place is up there i mean it is like a five-star resort up there it's crazy what jerry built um 
I guarantee it was over a billion dollars just for that practice stadium and what's around there. I mean, he really built it up. It is really nice. Um, but yeah, it's about an hour away from the actual AT&T stadium, which is in Arlington. Um, it's kind of cool there in that area because they have the new Texas Ranger stadium right there as well. And they still have the old Texas Ranger stadium there too. And I'm not sure what they're doing with that, but um, the new Texas Ranger stadium, they put a bunch of restaurants and bars in between them and the Cowboys. So it's like a sports destination. I wouldn't be surprised in the next five, 10 years to see like the Mavericks go down there or um, the stars go over there and they make it like a whole sports getaway over in Arlington. That'd be really cool. That'd be really, really neat. Are the Cowboys still America's team? That's tough, man. I think they're the – take it. With, take this with a grain of salt because I'm a Cowboys fan. I go to one home game and one away game a year. I will say that from what I see, the Cowboys travel really well. It doesn't matter which stadium you go to, minus maybe Philadelphia. Um, there's always <laughs> – I mean, honest to God, 50-50 Cowboys fans and home fans. I was just at the Patriots game a few weeks ago. It was, honest to God, right down the line, 50-50 in my section. I actually counted. I was like, all right, two Cowboys, two Patriots fans. And I it was like 50-50 down the middle. I was disappointed as a Cowboys fan to see how many Broncos fans traveled to AT&T Stadium, especially after the third quarter when the Cowboys fans started to leave and you just saw a sea of orange. I think I sent you the video of just orange yeah. everywhere. And I couldn't tell you how pissed off I was to see all the Cowboys fans just being like, yep, they didn't show up. I'm out of here. Um, so are we America's team? I like to think so. Like I said, we travel really well. Um, I think, and you know, I think we are America's team when you look at how many people actually hate the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys and football are what the, um, are what the Yankees are in baseball. If I had to give you that's fair kind of analogy, I mean, are, are, you know, I, I just think it's because it, it were, the Cowboys used to be really good. They used to have a dynasty and people grew up hating them. Um, and, and I think they're still America's team technically because people are still watching them to either root for the Cowboys or root against the Cowboys. And you don't get that by, you know, not having a fan base. So to answer my question, to answer your question, yeah, they're probably still America's team. Okay. All right. So how did you become a Cowboys fan? I mean, you grew up in Connecticut. So how did you become a Cowboys fan? And this is an interesting question, and maybe you, you don't have an answer for it. If you weren't a Cowboys fan, if you can imagine yourself rooting for another team, what team would that be? Like, what team would you be able to stomach rooting for? Um, so first part of your question is very easy. I became a Cowboys fan because when I was when we were growing up, I was, I don't know, maybe five, six years old. And I remember watching the Super Bowl and there were the Cowboys. And at five or six years old, I'm like, huh. Dan Coleman and Dallas Cowboys both have DC in their name. I mean, it's meant to be right. <laughs> and then we, we had Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman, Michael Irving. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I could definitely be on this team. Let me hop on this bandwagon. And I hopped on that bandwagon and never got off. Um, and I've been riding that band ever, you know, for 20 something years, almost 30 years now. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, be a Cowboys fan until I die. I guarantee it. Unless, you know, Cowboys disband or move somewhere else. I'll get really pissed off, but they're not going anywhere. So, um, that's how I became a Cowboys fan. I, like I've stuck to it. Um, so for the second part of your question, that's tough. I mean, I've, you've had me on your podcast before and I've talked about, you know, my military service and mm -hmm. um, where I've been. Maybe I would have to say I would be a Bucks fan just because I spent so many years there and I went to that stadium so many times for free because 
they sucked when I was there and they used to give us free tickets. So by proxy, I went to a lot of the Bucks games on the field, met the players, met the cheerleaders um, just for free because I was in the military station down there. So maybe by proxy, I would be a Bucks fan, but not because they were good, just because of sheer convenience. That's fair. That's, that's really fair. Who's the best quarterback in Cowboys history? That's a tough question. That's a tough question. I mean, sheer talent. I think it would have been Tony Romo. He, unfortunately, he never won a Super Bowl. There's, you know, the, the one game where 2016, where we should have went to the Super Bowl with Dez and the catch that wasn't a catch in Green Bay. Um, you know, I, I really think that there was a lot of talent there that unfortunately wasn't able to produce a ring. Um, so talent wise, the best quarterback was probably, um, was probably, you know, uh, Tony Romo, but I mean, you look at the number of rings that Troy Aikman won. Um, I don't know if that would make him the best. I think it just made him the, the guy that was there, you know, behind Emmett Smith and behind the receivers that we had. Um, and there's still a place for, uh, for, um, what's the name? Number 12 there. Uh, Roger Staubach. Yeah. There's still a place there. I mean, if I had to rank them, if you had me fuck, Mary kill, I don't know if I could do it. I, I don't know if I could do it. That's fine. Um, but talent wise, I would say it's Romo. Unfortunately. Do you um, think Aikman's overrated because of the talent that was around him? Or do you think that he's properly rated? Have you looked at the guy recently? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, this guy, this guy is ripped at however old he is now. I mean, I think he had a lot of talent behind him. Um, I mean, you look at this guy to this day and I'm like, damn, that guy looks like he could go in there and, you know, five years ago and he was playing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, he looks, he looks like he's ready to go out there on the field. Um, you know, I, I would say it's, I don't know, 60, 60, 40 that he had the talent and then he was riding the, oh, I need to take a break from throwing. Here's Emmett Smith. He's going to run for fucking a hundred yards a game. Right. Um, you know, you know, and it's a good it's a good break for him and it, it happened to work out. And then he also had the receiving core that when he needed to throw the ball, he threw the ball and they ran. So, well, cause um, I'm asking you this question. Cause uh, Matty douche and I were actually talking about the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. And we kind of said like the top four or five are, are pretty much set in stone. No particular order. You got Brady, Montana, Manning, um, actually four Elway is usually like your four. And then your fifth, you could put Staubach in there. You could put Johnny Unitas. Um, and I forgot the other one that we, that we had brought up. But then we were talking about, like, we were kind of going down the list of, you Six know, to who, ten. Who, would be, who would be the 10. And he brought up Aikman. And I was, he's like, you know, he's like, Aikman's got the three rings. He's got some decent numbers. He obviously didn't have the longevity because of the concussions. But I just, that's really why, why I brought up the question to you, just because I was wondering how you felt about Troy Aikman. And if you think Aikman in the, in the scope, in the pantheon of quarterbacks, if he is, if you think he's overlooked, if you think he should be in the conversation for top 10 all the time, or if you think he's, you know, he's not there because, because for me, it's, it's kind of hard to evaluate. It's easy to evaluate people like Brady and Mont. I mean, it, I say, I say it's easy to evaluate Montana. Montana went 4-0 in Super Bowl, so it's kind of hard. I know he had the best wide receiver of all time, but he was 4-0 in Super Bowls. Sure. Aikman had all of this talent around him. He also had Jimmy Johnson, who was one of the best coaches of all time, and I think that that's a fair statement to say. So it's, 
and maybe it's not fair to overlook Aikman as I'm saying this out loud. Like maybe it's it's not fair. Maybe he was really really talented, and it just it just was just this perfect blend of of talent. Everyone just came together at the right time, which is why they're one of the greatest dynasties ever. Um, so yeah, that, that was really just I was just wondering how you felt about that. You don't get a gold jacket by by sucking, right? Like yeah, you get fair. a gold jacket, you go to the Hall of Fame. If I had to put him, I would definitely put him on the top ten, probably like number. If, if I had to guess, maybe seven or eight. Um, okay. You That's know, I, I I think he's got the talent. You know, he like I said, you don't you don't get a gold jacket by sitting on your ass. Fair enough. All right. So last question. It's not really a Cowboys question. It's more of just I'm interested to know this because you do you you've been going with your buddies um to go whether it's been really to go see a dallas game whether it's been in dallas or outside of dallas you've been doing this for a few years now what football stadium or you can even give me a couple football stadiums that are on your bucket list stadiums that you really really want to go see a football game and it doesn't even have to be a cowboys game necessarily but you would just like to go check out this football stadium um well I, I guess you, I guarantee you weren't expecting this answer. Wembley Field, you know, every year the NFL takes teams, they go over to Europe. I really cannot wait for the Cowboys to go over to Europe. And, and um, when they go over there, I'm, I plan on going for the week to go to England and, and check it out. Um, I've never been overseas that way or anywhere um, like that. So I would really have to go check out Wembley Stadium. I mean, I think that since seats like 120,000 or something stupid. Um, so I would love to go see that, but for, you know, continental U S um, for whatever reason, I really want to go see a game in Seattle. Um, I don't know what it is about that stadium. But I just want to check it out. Um, I mean, that would, that's definitely on the, uh, the bucket list and, you know, it's an NFC team. So they play each other quite often. So it'll be probably coming up in the next few years that I, I head over to Seattle and see a game there. That's cool. All right. Nice. All right. So we're going to move off the Cowboys. Um, okay. There's, there's been a bunch of other, obviously headlines. I wanted to talk to you about Aaron Rodgers uh, because I've gotten a lot of pushback about my take on it. And you who are actually in the medical field, I always bring this up whenever COVID conversations come up because, you know, frankly, none of us, I mean, I know technically you're not a doctor, but you're still in the medical field and I still take what you have to say seriously. um, And I always have. So what do you feel about the whole Aaron Rodgers situation? And, And you can lay it out however you want to. I'm just very interested in your perspective on this. So Aaron, every, every individual has given rights in the medical field. You have the right to what's called autonomy, and that is making your own decisions for you. You know, you, you must, as a medical professional, it is our job to give you the facts and you, your job to do whatever you want with them. So Aaron Rodgers was probably given the facts by his doctors because that's what we're supposed to do as medical professionals, give, our, give the facts and let the patients make their own decisions, informed decisions on their own. With that being said, Aaron Rodgers probably got the same spiel I got about COVID and when made his own decision to do whatever it was that he did. I forget, they called it some antibody something. I forget what it was. I don't know, some, not to say wackadoo, but something that's not, FDA approved, let's say. So he went and did that and found 500 pages of his own research, apparently, to do that. He talked to his best buddy, Joe Rogan. They decided, you know, this is the treatment for, um, they used ivermectin, which is not FDA approved. I personally don't give a flying fuck, but um, I understand the pushback he's getting because the NFL has an image, right? The NFL has an image they want to project 
that we're doing the right thing, that we are, you know, we follow the science, blah, 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 blah. And then Aaron Rodgers is like, meh, fuck you. I have my own, my own autonomy, which he does. He absolutely has that right. Um, so I, I understand the issue here. Um, but personally for you, buddy, I think I'm going to side a little bit more with douche and Richard. And I, 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 it hurts me as a Cowboys fan to say that I side with Richard, but if I had to choose a side, I'm leaning more towards Richard, but I under, I, I, I'm a very um, logistical person. I look at things at, from the facts. I see both sides of things. However, I'm leaning a little more that way. Which is fine. I mean, and, and I, I can appreciate your perspective on it. I, I guess my thing my my whole thing has been the the outrage that that the media has had over this and the fact that everyone's like well he could he could kill somebody or you know somebody could get sick and i'm sitting there going every single media person every one of them all got vaccinated so for them clutching their pearls and acting like they could have possibly died because rogers was speaking to them without a face mask even though all of them were in face masks and all of them have been vaccinated is just it, it, it keep, it, I keep coming back to this point. Either the vaccines work or they don't. If the vaccine works, you have nothing to be concerned about. If the vaccines don't work, that's a whole other ball game. And, and that's something that we would definitely have to be concerned. Everybody would have to be concerned about it at that point. So I, that's always been my pushback is, look, I've been vaccinated. I know obviously you've been vaccinated. You have to be um, given your line of work. Or maybe you don't have to be. Or actually, yeah, they're firing everybody that isn't vaccinated. Is that correct? Um, that is about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you do have. In order to keep your job, you need to be vaccinated. Correct. So I'm not anti-vax. I am anti-mandate. I've always been that way. Um, which is again, it comes back to what you were talking about about the autonomy aspect of it, and I think that that I just don't understand how if that's the way that it should be. So let's say his doctor did say to him, you know, well, because Rogers did come out and say that he was allergic to whatever it was, a couple of the ingredients in the vaccines. So if that is true, wouldn't his doctor say to him, don't take the vaccine, you're allergic to whatever is in the mRNA uh, or whatever the ingredients are in those vaccines? Is that possible? So the way I look at this is, if you are allergic to something that's in the mRNA vaccine, then you don't get the mRNA vaccine. Johnson & Johnson is not mRNA. You don't get that, you don't, you can go get that vaccine. If you're allergic to something, then you should have a clear and concise medical waiver saying that, hey, you're, you know, homeboy's allergic to, you know, whatever's in mRNA vaccines. Um, please excuse him from this. This is his lab work saying that he's uh, allergic to it. And then that's it. It's a done deal. You are not getting the vaccine. You are cleared. You are good to go. So why didn't that happen if he really was allergic? You know, is that just an excuse? And we'll never know because of, you know, patient confidentiality laws. We'll never get his medical records, nor should he ever release them. It's none of our business. Um, but the, my, like I said, my biggest thing about this is the NFL is trying to project an image. And unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers didn't go with it. And now the NFL is under a spotlight like, oh, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, one of the biggest quarterbacks of all time, probably the greatest quarterback of all time, not getting a, a COVID vaccine. This is not a good image for the NFL. And I think that's where the issue comes in. That's fair. That's fair. I, you know, um, and this is going to tail off of. So my, my other issue. 
has been the fact that the media has covered, they've spent more time talking about Aaron Rodgers than they have about, and I know you wanted to talk about this, about Ruggs, who yep. murdered somebody. Yep. About Deshaun Watson. Yep. Who has committed, what was it? 20, he's been alleged, like, was it 22? Something like, that. something like that, 22. Yeah, 22 sexual assault allegations. Now you have the Dalvin Cook thing, which that's still up in the air. Yeah. But no one's really covering any of those things. Everyone has just been tractor beamed onto Aaron Rodgers for not taking the COVID vaccine. And I just think this just shows how corrupt <laughs> the media is, it, whether it's sports media or just regular media. The fact that that is more it's more important to bash somebody for not getting the vaccine than it is for somebody like Ruggs, for instance who drove 156 miles an hour with his girlfriend in the car, who is the mother of his child yep. and killed another woman who ended up burning to death in a car. Yep. I, I, I totally get your point and I don't understand how the NFL picks and chooses or the sports or sports media and the NFL both pick and choose what issues they want to bring in and which not, you know, like what is, like, what is the real issue? Like, are we not talking about CTE because, you know, the NFL has put the kibosh and spent millions and billions of dollars saying like, oh, we're not going to talk about this. Don't ever bring this up. You know, you know, let's not talk about the alcohol problems that we have, we bring to our teams. Let's put a freaking NFL team in the middle of the biggest party city in the U.S. and hope nothing happens. Like there's all sorts of issues here at stake. And then the media is focusing in on one issue where they're not looking at the big problem. Like you're talking about the other issues that are going on in the NFL. I mean, it's, it, we are talking off pot. It's crazy to me that the NFL has 22 sexual assault allegations against Watson and he has not been suspended by the NFL. He's not put on the, I don't think he's on the exemption list either. Still. I think that the team has basically said, you're not doing anything, but the NFL has not. And I just can't like, it just, it doesn't make sense to me how, you know, we have 22 sexual assault allegations, but meanwhile, oh, Ezekiel Elliott may have beat his wife, but the court decided that, you know, he definitely didn't. There was no evidence of it, but Roger Goodell says, fuck it, six game suspension, but we're not doing anything for anybody else. And don't even get me started on the fines because, oh my God. Yeah. So the fines thing I thought was interesting. So it came out today, I think it was, or yesterday where they find Rogers like 15 grand, I think something that, around 16, that amount. 000, yeah. 16,000, yeah. I believe. And but they find they find um CD Lamb, what was it, 20 something thousand, 30 something thousand dollars for three thousand dollars for wearing his shirt untucked at I think it was the Patriots game actually. His you know jersey was untucked and it was unbecoming of an NFL player that you did not look the standard of you know having your uniform on correctly. But you, meanwhile, there's they charge, they give Aaron Rodgers $16,000 fine to break protocol and go to this party or whatever that he went to, and then go and go all these press conferences for the last how many weeks without wearing a mask, because that's what you're supposed to do. If you're not vaccinated, they give him less, less money as a fine. I mean, state farm should be paying for that. I mean, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, which is funny because you don't see any state farm commercials anymore with Aaron Rodgers. State Farm did come out though and say that they weren't that they support his decision to not get faxed and that everyone that they they support his right to make the decision. Not that they support they because obviously you're not that would not be politically palatable for them to say, oh yeah, it's totally fine if you don't get vaccinated. They support his decision to not get vaxxed. Um Very which I give I give State I Farm credit. I can't wait to pay that lawyer that wrote that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I I give State Farm credit for not ending their um 
their contract with, with Rogers. I, th- I think that it, if he lost the sponsorship with, with state farm, that's just stupid. I mean, that to me, that's just completely dumb. He, he made the a decision culture these days. They want us, they want heads. They want heads. Oh, to I roll. know they want heads. What, what this is the other thing too. I got, I got to break. I can't, I can't let this go. Last oh. year, Aaron Rodgers was like the God amongst gods to the media MVP. because yep. he was bashing Trump every five seconds he was always talking about the Black Lives Matter protests and how important they were and how great they were. And everyone is like pom-pom waving Aaron Rodgers. Everyone wants to hear what Aaron Rodgers has to say about every topic because he's saying the politically palatable thing that the liberal media wants to hear. And the minute he steps out of line, it's off with his head. Who the hell does this guy think he is? Oh, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And it's like you told him he was the smartest guy in the room last year. You don't go to host Jeopardy being the dumbest kid in the room. Well, that that too. But I mean, but still, though, like the media, you propped him up over over the number of years, pretty much telling him you're the smartest guy in the world because we like what you have to say politically. And then the minute he takes a right turn, all of a sudden it's nope, we're done. We're done. It's it's the cancel culture these days. Like you, I would hate to run for political office because they would dig up something from 1996 and be like, when you were seven years old, <laughs> you said this. And, you know, I, I would just never survive. It's crazy. I thought about that, too. I was like, you know, if I ever wanted to run, I would have to delete my Twitter account. I would have to delete my Facebook account. I would have to delete like everything, every social media. I would have to delete it. And then I would have to hire somebody to scrub it mm-hmm. off of like the Internet. Because yeah. somebody would find something you say, they would snip it completely out. I would I have to do the same thing with my podcast. You guys got to get rid of all this stuff because God knows I have said something that is going to offend like half the country or like a quarter of the country at some point. And I would never get elected for anything because they would they would murder me before I even like was able to even get to a debate. I would be dead and buried. Um, yeah. and, but I think it's that way for anybody. I mean, it's you have to. And that's why it's so effing expensive to be running for political office, because I think half the money goes to these people scrubbing their their past so nobody can find anything about them anymore. Easily, easily. I mean, it's scrubbing the past and then getting a lawyer. So you say the right thing to the right person. I mean, it's, it's probably all that stuff. And I'm sure the NFL is doing that, too. I mean, I guarantee you they have a team of lawyers who does nothing but that kind of stuff, looking for the next problem, looking for like trying to put the rug stuff. You know, this is just taking away that rugs killed somebody. Everybody focusing on Aaron Rodgers is saying like, oh, look over here. Look at this nice, pretty light show. Meanwhile, the world's burning on the other side because they're like, oh, let's focus over here. So I think right now Aaron Rodgers happens to be the fall man as to what's going on right now. Because meanwhile, you got a drunk guy that went and murdered somebody and watched her burn her car alive. That, that's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. That is a very good point that he is. He's being the fall guy. I also the other thing that I found and the other reason why they're so mad at him is because he showed him up. They asked him if he was vaccinated. He slid around and said, yeah, I'm immunized. And then he like I watched I rewatched the press conference and he smirked right after he said it. It's your fault. All of you, all you stupid seals in the media that just clap and go, "Okay, great. That was the answer we wanted. Didn't think to follow up and go, "Okay, so you're immunized. But specifically, have you been vaccinated for COVID-19? 
Now, all they had to ask was Moderna or Pfizer at that time. Right. And or J and J. Right then and there. Yeah. Whatever. Like those are your three options. So which which one of the three did you get? And oh, by the way, did you have any side effects? Did, yeah. You How'd know, you feel? Tell us about it. it. Try to hype it up so that way everybody else, all of your fans do that. Exactly. It's, it's a good it's, look for the NFL because this is, you know, them trying to say like, oh, we're going to end. Um, we're going to let everybody in the stadiums because last year, not one person was allowed in a stadium. Now this year, everybody's coming in, but meanwhile, oh, well, everybody's almost vaccinated. Um, I, I think that the NFL should put out reports being like, you know, 80% of our team is vaccinated on this team, hundred percent on this team, put out reports like that and try to bring up the numbers. But I, I don't understand. This is, it's a polarizing issue and don't get me wrong, but I, like I was telling you, I think this is a, Hey, everybody look over here at this fancy light kind of thing. <laughs> And don't look at how rugs killed somebody or Watson has 22 sexual assaults or, you know, God forbid CD lamb has his Jersey up to his belly button. That's Ezekiel Elliott, man. That's not CD. Well, that too. Well, that too. <laughs> um, all right. So that's all I wanted to talk to you about. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Is there any topic, anything that you would like to, to bring up? Cause you and I haven't done this in a while. So I'm leaving the floor open for you. Um, one to 10. How pleased are you with, picking up Carson Wentz, honestly. Um, okay, pre that Titans game, I was like a 10. I'm not even going to lie about it. Because pre that Titans game, he he was having a tremendous season. I he, he had At that point, it was like 14 touchdowns and two picks, and he had thrown for 1,300 yards. It wasn't his fault that the Colts were where they were, that our defense has been atrocious. Yep. Titans game, Brought me back down to earth. Actually, I crashed down to earth twice. Um, that was first, when went to overtime, right? Yeah, that was the, that was okay. the pick. I remember texting second. you during that game. Yeah. Okay. So the initial pick he threw, the first one, the one in the fourth quarter, that actually cost them the game because the second pick wasn't his fault. The first pick, though, that was the worst interception I think I've ever seen in my life. Like that, it, it, it was wide open and threw it right to him. Like, like he, it just it. I, I, I see it in my head. It like haunts my dreams. It just, it makes no sense. Like the throw, it would be one thing. Like I can stomach a pick, like what happened to Seattle against New England in the Super Bowl. Like the, the cornerback just read it and just blitzed him. Or in the Colts and Saints Super Bowl, when Sharper jumped the route, picked it off, took it to the house. I get that because I knew where Peyton was throwing the ball. I knew where uh, Russell was throwing the ball. I don't know who the fuck Wentz was looking at. It was like he saw a ghost. He literally saw him and was like, oh, you look good. You're open. Like, Yeah, that. right. Wrong color, bro. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I would say a seven. Like, I got to bring it down to about a seven. It's not – It's. It, but he still has – that's been his worst game, by far his worst game. But his numbers are good. He's been healthy for the most part this season. I can't complain. However, I hope the Colts sit his ass – once they find out they're not making the playoffs, so the Eagles don't get that pick. That would be the most sense to me is to say, if, if you're not going to make it, don't even try. And because the Eagles have, the, uh, they must have 12 picks in the first two rounds. Yeah. So I think what's going to happen, I, I, I truly believe this because I, I think Ballard is shrewd enough to do this, our GM. I think they're already out of it because the only chance they had or I, technically the AFC is in such a such shambles that maybe they could possibly steal a wild card. But realistically speaking, I don't think it's going to happen. Yep. I'm just being honest about it because the Titans winning, especially this week or this past week against the Rams, which I think shocked the world. 
Um, they've proven that they that I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC, even without uh, what's his face, Derrick Henry. So if I was the Colts, I'd let Carson keep playing up until you kind of start figuring, okay, he's got to be close to that 70-ish percent snap thing. We're going to sit him for like the last four games of the season. That's what I would do. I would let him play. Let him play unless he doesn't want to play. Or you can be like, hey, you want to sit this one out? We got, we're got we playing a tough defense this week. We're going to sit your ass down. We don't want you to get injured type deal. That's how I would do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, man, I'm not upset about it. I, I'm upset about the way my team's performed this year. But, again, it's it, aside from that Titans game, and every quarterback has one bad game every single year. So if that's the worst game Wentz has all season long, I'll probably at the end of the year probably be at an eight. I'll probably move it back up. But right now I'm about a seven. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you answered this in your prior segment, but, you know, I was at the game this week. I didn't watch any other games really until after I got back from my game. And from what I was looking at, like the scores, I, I saw a lot of games that I was not expecting to go that way. Hence, you know, first off the Cowboys. Right. Was there one game that you were like, wow, I was so far wrong on that with what happened? Well, your Cowboys, for one, you got your Cowboys cost me some money. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it, bro. Tell me, I went there. They cost me a lot of money. Um, I think there's a few. I, 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 the Jaguars beating the Bills nine to six. I think. Now, I don't know. I, I, I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it to you because I'm always up front with you. Your Cowboys loss was the worst loss of the weekend by far. I, I 100% agree. But the Bills losing to the Jaguars nine to six was just. Shock. I mean, it's, it's shocking. Um, I was also surprised, not on the same level, but I was surprised with how badly Cincinnati has looked the last couple of weeks. Like, I expected them to beat Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland apparently is a better team than I gave them credit for. Cleveland's clearly a better team without OBJ. So that one surprised me too, because I've kind of just writ written off Baker. Um, and there was, the, there was the other upset. What the hell was the other game? There was one other game, and I can't think of it. No, maybe that was it. So maybe it was Cincinnati. Oh, Arizona. Arizona just playing as well as they did with all of their starters being out. They didn't have Hopkins. They didn't have Murray. They, they lost um, – I can't think of the running back now. I said him earlier, but uh, Edmonds. They lost Edmonds midway through the game, um, and they slaughtered the, the 49ers with Colt McCoy, a quarterback. Yeah. So um, – Oh, and the other shocker, the Giants winning. That one stung a little bit for a Cowboys fan. That one, that one hurt a little bit. Giants other, winning. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When I got back to my my uh, Airbnb and I saw the the score of the Bills game, I said, "Are you kidding me?" Um, I just kind of recap. I feel really bad. I just kind of recapped exactly what I talked about earlier. So, um, answer your question, I would say the Bills. The Bills and Jaguars game. If I was going to put any money on any team, a hundred percent winning. Last weekend, it would have been the Bills over the Jaguars. I don't think there's another game that I would have put more money on. So they also cost me money. A lot of teams cost. I, I lost. Um, I did. I did a parlay this week. Um, so it wasn't just the Cowboys that cost me money, but it, it was. Uh, it hurt. It, it hurt in the wallet this week. I uh, did not do well. I was zero four in my picks last week too. Like it just. It wasn't a good week. It was not yeah. a good week. Yeah. And, and I. I and I. I said this earlier, I don't know if this is an anomaly week or if this week is actually showing us something. I think when it's all said and done, this is going to be like the anomaly week. Like this is just, this past week was just fucking weird. Um, but, you know, you never know. 
I don't know. All right. Well, last question I have for you, because I know we're running short on time. Um, Tom Brady came out, I think it was today, and he said, like, basically adding the 17th game was the worst decision the NFL could have made. Agree or disagree? I disagree. I disagree. I, I'm okay with more football. I'm, you're never going to hear me bitch about less football. And I, to be honest with you, man, in like 10 to 15 years, we're probably going to have 20 game seasons. I mean, it's it, the NFL is it, it's a very rare commodity where they're just going to keep making money. Like they print money. Like the, the, the NFL should run the government because at least like we know that when they print the money, it's not going to inflate. So because there's actually some currency behind it. Um, the NFL is just it's it's an unbelievable machine. I personally like the 17 games. I know there there and there are some football fans who don't. They were like, no, this is too much football. 16 was perfect. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I, I again, I'm, I'm not against more regular season football, mainly because you added that extra playoff team. So it kind of it, to me, it kind of evens itself out a little bit. I agree. I, I definitely agree with you. I think that, you know, you mentioned in five, 10 years, we might see even more than 17 games. Um, you might see a shift as well. You might see where, you know, I get, I get the players, they're tired. They don't want to play. It's a risk of injury, but that makes it a little more difficult because now you're going to think about like, instead of hanging on backup quarterback, maybe we have two quarterbacks and we split the workload. Maybe we have like we were doing with Zeke and Pollard where you run two running backs where you you sit your your players and you have to think about who you're going to rest and who you're going to play and that kind of that kind of game. So it could be interesting. Well, the only the only my only complaint with the NFL and I've said this before is they need to I think they need to they need to figure out I I don't I'm not a big fan of the of the whole you're only you're only a you only get the the um the bye week if you're the number 1 seed. I did like the fact that you could be a top two seed and get the bye week. I think losing that kind of sucks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get another playoff team in a few years to make it an even eight, but Mm -hmm. that's my only thing. Um, But, you know, oh, and that's the other thing too. You shouldn't get, if you're seven and nine and you win your division, you should not get a home playoff game. Yeah. Like I'm okay with, if you want to do the seedings, as divisions one through four, but the minute you're below 500, you automatically lose your, you automatically lose your home field advantage and you have you to go to it. whomever the wild card team is. As long as the wild card team's above 500, we'll, we'll do it that way. Right. But if the wild card team's above 500, which presumably they would have to be to be a wild card team, unless like the entire conference is complete trash. A la NFC East. Right. Or, I mean, shit, man, even my, my, my division isn't that great either, but the Titans have proven to be really good this year, but yes, a la the NFC East in years past. If you're under, if you're sub 500, you should lose that playoff, that home playoff. You don't deserve a home playoff. You don't even deserve to be in the playoffs to be honest right. with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's about it. That's really my only complaint, but you know, I think 17 games is fun, man. I, I don't, are you somebody who's always about more football? If you can get oh, more football. As, a, as a fan of football, I am all about it. I do understand that the players are tired and they don't want to get hurt and it's a risk, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think the preseason is a joke. I think you should have scrimmages, but to have three stupid preseason games that don't matter, like if you want to have pra- joint practices, I'm all for that. But to have three preseason games that nobody gives a flying fuck about, like, no, I hate that. Get rid of them, make them regular season games. Let's move on. Yeah, I like that too. That's awesome. 
All right, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. You've been on here a lot longer than I expected you to be. So I appreciate you giving me all this time, um, giving me some knowledge about the Cowboys. I I appreciate you being an open book and uh, you're welcome back anytime, man. Thanks, buddy. I'm glad to do this. I can't wait to talk when we go to the playoffs. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the La Valley Sports Talk Podcast brought to you by the Sideline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and that's it. That's all I have for you this week. Be well. Stay safe. I'll talk to you all again next week. (laughs) 